uh, church. It's so good to, uh, to be with you guys this morning. Uh, it's been a little while, and so I'm uh, honored to just to be able to share with you uh, today. Um, we're gonna have, uh, I hope, a fun conversation on something that I'm deeply passionate about, and uh, that is uh, the church. And so uh, the message uh, today, this weekend, is titled, Why I love uh, the church, and uh, if you if we haven't had an opportunity to meet yet, my name is Jeff. I'm the uh, campus pastor here at Happy Valley, and I've actually been on staff at Abundant Life for uh, just over 16 years now. So uh, I've been around uh, for a little while. And uh, last summer, I had a really unique opportunity uh, just to get away for what we call a study break for a few weeks. And uh, study break is a chance just to disconnect from. Uh, kind of ministry and the regular workflow in order to uh, just kind of recharge uh, batteries, um, you know, just some rest as well as some uh, your spiritual batteries. And uh, I went into that time really intentionally asking God for, uh, for one thing. I said, uh, God, I just would want you to give me some clarity of vision for just the next season of my life and uh, next season of ministry. And so spent a lot of time uh, just kind of getting away and trying to listen to God and reading and and reflecting and, and journaling. And coming out of that uh, season, I felt like God really had, had just given me like a word. And uh, the word that I just felt like was resounding, just coming up over and over again, was love the church. And, uh, and I felt like, you know, as I was just processing that, it wasn't just like, like just love the church, like the idea of the church or any church, it was like love your church, love abundant life, love ALC. And, uh, and as kind of we continued through the weeks and continued to listening, I felt like God uh, gave me a, a more specific word uh, that, that I've just kind of hung on to actually this, this past year and uh, not at, at all knowing that my role was gonna change or anything like that. And, um, and I felt like the word that he was giving me coming out of that specifically was family because the church is meant to be your spiritual family. And I felt like what God was telling me is like, don't just love like your church or the idea of the church, but love the people in the church as your family. And so, um, so we're gonna talk about that today because I think the church is, it's not a building that you come to and it's not an event that we come to each week, but, but the church really is a community of people. It's a spiritual family that you are part of and that you live with. And I do want to um, uh, just... Uh, let you in on a little secret uh, about the church, right? Because you know the church is made up of people, uh, and the Bible tells us, right, that all people are perfect, right? So that must mean, because the church is made up of people, that the church must be what perfect. Uh, and how many uh, would probably give testimony like that's just not true? Uh, because the Bible actually says there are no perfect people; that all of us are broken, all of us uh, have flaws, all of us have shortcomings including your pastors, right, <laughs> including your pastors. So, uh, which means then the church is made up of, of people, but we're, we're broken and we're flawed people, and so uh, sometimes there's hurt that happens in the church. And uh, just as we have this conversation around the church, uh, for those of you, of the, and, I, and I would not assume that a room this size, that some of you maybe have been hurt by the church before. And I just wanna acknowledge that if you uh, have been hurt by a church or even this church, I just wanna say how sorry I am because that's not what God intended for the church to be. God did not intend for the church to be a, sor a source of hurt or pain in your life. But I also wanna encourage you that 
if you're in that space that as we have this conversation, to not check out, I wanna encourage you today just to lean in. Because one thing I believe about the church is even though it's flawed, it's still beautiful. Because it's made up of the people of God and it points the world around us and the community uh, to hope in Jesus. And so uh, what I wanna do in our time uh, together is just kinda walk through some, some thoughts I have on why I love uh, the church. And uh, it's one thing if a pastor gets up and talks about why they love the church, because it's like, well, the pastor, like they, they're paid to love the church, they should love the church. So, um, so I thought it would be good to just invite some people from our church to be part of the conversation uh, today because um, I, they have some incredible stories to share. And I could have loaded the stage with just a whole bunch of you. And so, um, so I have a panel that's gonna uh, share a little bit during uh, the morning as we go along. And so uh, the first thing I wanted to do is just uh, introduce those that are um, on stage with me. And I'm gonna ask them to share your name how long you've been at Abundant Life, and just in a sentence or two, why you love the church. And I'm gonna start uh, down here at this end. My name is Rachel Pearson. Uh, I have been with ALC for about 25 years, I think 23, <laughs> I was six. Uh, and I love the consistency in this family, just being able to see each other every week and just kind of follow up and um, make connection through that consistency. And my name's Sienna Del Rosario, and uh, my family and I have been here at ALC for about a little over three years. Um, and what I love about this church is just that I can be here as a broken sinner and be around other broken sinners, um, learn about the grace of God, and serve this community alongside of those, those people here. Good morning. My name is Drew Del Rosario, and this is my wife. I've been going to this church about the same amount of time as she has, and uh, maybe a little less. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what I love about this church is it's a place where I can serve um, using my gifts to reach the community for Christ. Hi, my name is Nancy Finsas, and I've been going to Abundant Life for about 18 years. The reason why I love ALC is because it is a Jesus-centered church, and Jesus heals and saves and provides hope, but more than that, it's a multi-generational church, and I love, and I don't want to cry, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to cry, that our daughter Katie and our son-in-law Larry can come here with us every week and worship Jesus, and our grandkids are upstairs, and they're serving, and they're loving Jesus, and it's just the best. <laughs> My name is Dwayne Finsas, and I've also been here about 18 years. And uh, the thing I love about this church is, is uh, and, and from the first day I came here, is how welcoming it is. And anybody and everybody can come in those doors. I've done a lot of greeting there, and it's, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. You're always welcome here. That's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. So you're gonna hear a little bit of their story as we go uh, this morning. But before uh, we get too far into the conversation, I do wanna take us back to the beginning. And so if you have your Bible or uh, an app on your phone or you wanna follow on the screen, uh, we're gonna turn to um, Acts chapter two. 
Uh, and we're gonna spend some, some time uh, there. And Acts chapter two really paints this incredible picture of like the early church, when the church began uh, to form. It says uh, that all of the believers, uh, those that put their faith in Jesus, they were gathering together in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost together. And, and then there's this like just incredible movement of God's spirit amongst the people. And uh, so much that it's like people were coming to faith uh, in droves, and uh, it says actually that 3,000 people came uh, to know Jesus, put their faith in Jesus in one day, which is like amazing, just think about that, in one day. Um, so rapid, rapid growth is happening in the church, and so there's this big community uh, of Jesus followers that are now gathering and uh, doing community together and trying to figure out how do we seek Jesus uh, together. And so the church begins to form. And in Acts chapter two, we have the opportunity to just get a little glimpse into, uh, into what the early church uh, looked like. And so uh, we're gonna pick up the story in verse 42. Uh, and it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple court each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity." And it gives us a great picture of what I believe the church was meant to look like and be. We say it like this at Abundant Life, that the, uh, the church is a community of regular people uh, living out God's extraordinary story the way Jesus showed us. And so what I wanna do in our time, in our conversation this morning, is um, just share with you a few observations out of this passage that really connect with why I love um, my church. And so uh, if you wanna, if you're a note taker and you wanna write things down, um, there's four observations. And the first one is this. I love my church because my church helps me grow in Jesus, right? Jesus is the point of the church. It's the entire point of why we gather. He is the head of the church. He is the foundation of the church. The church is built on him. He is the center of the church. And everything in the church should be pointing us to greater faith in Jesus. I love as you look at the passage, right, it begins with the word all. And uh, if you look up the word all in the dictionary, it would say all. Uh, so all means like all, it means everyone, right? Is, uh, it doesn't mean the pastors, it doesn't mean just the apostles or the super spiritual. Um, all means all. So all of the believers, it says, were what? They were devoted. And the word devoted in the Greek means um, that they were constantly, to attend constantly. So the idea here is that all of the believers that made up the church were devoted or attending constantly to their spiritual growth, that they were pursuing uh, Jesus together. One of our pursuits here at Abundant Life is that we pursue the presence of God. And that really is what they were doing here. As you look into the passage, right, you see that they were developing, uh, pursuing habits, uh, constantly attending to habits that would help them grow closer to Jesus. Uh, they were learning from the apostles' teaching, kind of like what we do when we gather here on a Sunday. Uh, they worshiped together, they uh, prayed, prayer was a habit, a regular habit, they took communion together. And one of the things I think it's important to notice is they did it together in community. It wasn't an individual pursuit, it was in community. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 verse 15 that we, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. 
who is the head of his body, the church. And see, this is what the church does. The church should help its people grow in faith in Jesus, to become more and more like Jesus as we live our lives. And so, uh, Dwayne and Nancy, you guys have been here for quite a long time and involved in, um, in the church in a lot of different ways, but I'm just wondering if you'd share a little bit from your time here. How has the church helped you grow in your faith in Jesus? Well, for me, that would center around uh, life groups. And so of the 18 years we've been here, probably 15 of those, um, we've been leading life group or some sort of study. And I remember 15 years ago, uh, God nudging me to, you know, to lead a life. I'm like, oh, dear God, please, no, I don't want to lead a life group. And, uh, but he nudged and nudged, and, and so we did it. And, and um, you know, I said, it's, it's not in my comfort zone, God. I just, you know, he says, I know, but that's why I want you to. So we did it, and I can say that after, you know, 15 years of leading life groups, it's still not in my comfort zone, okay? But, but, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I can, I, can, I can definitely say that when it comes to spiritual growth, uh, never, under, excuse me, never underestimate the value of discomfort. Hmm. And, you know, we, we, we did the life groups. Um, I just love the fact that when we were together, our group, and we've had all different groups, but... We've had a lot of prayer time. We've seen people healed. We've seen uh, unemployed people get jobs. Um, and during that time, even though I didn't want to lead the life group, God had a chance to work in my life, to build my faith, to build my prayer life. Um, and so I guess, I guess overall, the church, uh, because of that aspect, has really helped me grow. Well, there's a couple of things that help grow my faith at Abundant Life, and one of those is our prayer ministry, and I love that we have great prayer warriors here at Abundant Life. About six years ago, Dwayne was diagnosed with kidney cancer, and we just got on that prayer chain right away. We love the medical community and all that they did to help, but we could see um, after his operation and everything, there was more to be done. There was a real spiritual battle that was going on. And we had people uh, across the country praying and our ALC family here, and he was completely healed and he has been cancer-free for six years. Praise the Lord, yes. God is a healer. And the other thing that grows my faith is my passion, and it's being involved in children's ministry. And a lot of you may not have ever even seen me because I'm usually upstairs, not downstairs. So um, when I need to dig into God's word and to study and to, you know, really pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead me, what do these kids need to hear today? And we have our curriculum, but a lot of times God takes us beyond that. And it is the greatest joy um, to just follow my grandchildren up from the nursery all the way through and to watch God work in that multi-generational way and to see every one of them give their heart to Jesus and are now serving him. And um, they're leading worship upstairs. They're leading middle school life groups. And to just see how God is working, to see Carrie get baptized and give her heart to Jesus, to see at Trek, there was like 38 kids that came forward and gave their heart to Jesus this year. There is nothing better than to just grow your own faith 
than to see others grow in their faith. And that is one of my huge passions here at ALC. That's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Uh, so my church helps me grow in Jesus, and, um, but the other observation I wanted to share is that my church, I love my church because my church is my spiritual family, right? God is building a family. God is relational. He is relational in, uh, to himself. He created us to be in relationship with each other, uh, and he created us to be in relationship uh, with him. And what God is doing is he's looking to build a family, uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, uh, verse 19, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. We're no longer like distant from God, but you're citizens along with all of God's holy people. And then check this out, you are members of God's family. And so God is, is building a family. And you may have heard uh, this before, I've heard it before, is like, well, I don't really need a church. Uh, I just am part of the big C church or the universal church. And and uh, you know, what I would say to that is that is true, but it's only partly true, right? It's true in the sense that if you put your faith in Jesus, then immediately it says that you are welcomed into the family of God, which is a beautiful thing because it's like the family of God all around the world. And if you ever travel like internationally uh, and you step into a different culture and uh, you don't speak the language, you don't understand the culture, there is something about like faith that just sort of immediately bonds you together that you are like brothers and sisters in the Lord and there's something uniting about that. So that is absolutely true. You're part of like the big C church, but you also need a local church. You need a local church family to be part of, to do life with, to walk with. Look at uh, Acts 2, how much time they spent together in community. It says they were in fellowship together, they shared meals together, they prayed for each other, they were in each other's homes, and this one's amazing. They worship together in the temple every day, right? I mean, it's hard for us sometimes to get here once a week. Uh, they did it every, every day. Uh, they helped each other. They cared for each other. They were in each other's lives. And I just, uh, you can't do that from a distance. God designed us, wired us to need a spiritual family, a church family. The Christian life was not meant to be lived in isolation, you need a spiritual family to be part of. The church says that the body of Christ, or the church is, the Bible says that the church is the body of Christ. It's a body where all of us are members, we're connected to it, and we have a role to play. Ephesians 1.5 says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it says he gave him great pleasure. So the church is not a building that we go to, the church is not an event that we attend, and the church is not a show that we watch online. The church is a family that we participate in, that we belong to, and that we're connected to. So uh, Sienna and Drew, um, would love for you guys uh, just to share, as you guys have kind of stepped in the last few years to Abundant Life, how have you experienced the church as a family? Yeah, um, I'll kind of reiterate a little bit of what Jeff had, had already talked about, but when I think of family, um, I really think of a group of people who are related uh, to one another, living life together um, daily. A family spends time together, right? Shares meals, laughs together, cries together, even disagrees, you know, sometimes, right? Um, but for me, like a spiritual family, you know, we may not be related by blood, right? But we share that unified belief in God's love, forgiveness, grace over our lives, um, and because of what Jesus did on the cross. So our faith makes us a family of believers, like Jeff just said, um, brothers and sisters in Christ. 
So the church is our spiritual family because of this. Um, it's important to spend time in fellowship with one another, like Acts says, um, breaking bread, sharing meals together, worshiping together, being in God's word together, and even sharing when someone has a need. Um, we walk through the difficult and the joyful seasons of life, and that's exactly what a spiritual family should look like. So if you have a big family like my wife and I do, um, it's really hard to connect with everyone. And maybe there are some people you don't want to connect with in your family. I don't know. But uh, everyone has that uncle, right? Um, but usually there is a handful of family members who you are really close to and that you walk um, side by side with them. And that's very much so like a church family. Um, you know, ALC is a huge church, and uh, when we had moved here to Happy Valley and got connected here, we were trying to figure out how do we get connected in churches big. My wife and I, we, we always attended smaller churches, and it's a little bit easier to get connected that way, but we were trying to figure out what do we do? How do we get connected? And we just decided, you know what, we're just going to step out in faith, and we're going to get connected somehow. And so what we did was we got connected with a life group. And, and then we started serving. And that is one of the best ways to become a part of a church family. Um, it was through those steps of faith where we really felt connected and we started building relationships. Uh, for us, being a part of a, a life group this past year has been tremendous. Um, having someone to pray for you, to, um, to walk your life with you, is absolutely crucial. And we realized that, my wife and I realized, well, we needed, we needed that um, connection um, and that community for ourselves and for our kids. You know, being vulnerable and honest uh, with our life group has really helped us. Um, having all of those things, that, I mean, life has a lot of ups and downs. And for us this year, it has been just that. And so our life group has really supported us um, more than we could have ever imagined. You know, serving in our church family where we share a, a similar goals uh, in making the gospel known to our community, um, it allows us to live our, our purpose in life and to bring Jesus to our city. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys took the step to, to get plugged in uh, to the family for sure. So thank you for sharing. Uh, so my church not only helps me grow in my faith in Jesus, it, my church also is my spiritual family, but I love my church because uh, the third observation is this, my church walks with me through life's challenges. And how many of you know life has challenges, right? Uh, in fact, you probably could look at life and say that life is just a series of challenges, one right after another. And all of us in the room are probably in one of three spaces. You are either in the midst of a challenge right now, you're coming out of a challenge, or you're getting ready to head into a challenge. Uh, but challenges are in inevitable. And it, how, I mean, it, maybe you've wondered, like me, like, God, why could you not, could you just dial back the challenges, right? I mean, just maybe take some of them back. I just give me a chance to catch a breath uh, here. Uh, why do I have so many challenges? And I think it's important to remember uh, that God is not as interested in our comfort as he is in our character. That he is, is more interested in helping us to look more and more like Jesus. And how do we grow most often. I love that in Dwayne's story, he talked about, uh, it's usually when I'm not comfortable. 
It's usually in times of challenge that we grow the most, right? It's in the challenges of life where we learn to trust God more and to lean more on him. It's in the challenges of life where we learn to pray more deeply and out of maybe more desperation. It's in the challenges of life where we learn things like patience, perseverance, and endurance. It's in the challenges of life where we learn to really lean on God's people to help us get through whatever it is we're going through. And it's often in the challenges of life where we really experience Jesus doing his greatest work in our lives and showing up. But often he will do that through other believers who come alongside of us and walk with us in our challenges. In fact, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 1.4 that uh, he, God, will comfort us in all of our troubles. And he does that so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And so the church should be a community that walks with each other through life's challenges. And as you experience God's uh, peace and joy and comfort and mercy in your life, that you be able to then extend that same comfort with somebody else who might be walking through a similar trial. But this only happens if we're in community together. It only happens up close and in relationship. Uh, so Rachel, I know that uh, you have walked through some pretty difficult um, challenges and trials in your life and, um, and even most recently and have experienced like the church walking with you. Now I'm wondering if you'd share a little bit of of your story with that. Yeah, of course. So the last few years for me have been exceptionally difficult. <laughs> um, in fact, I joke that it's just been one long series of unfortunate events. <laughs> um, the biggest one, the main one, happened in 2018 when my fiance was killed in a car accident. And um, after that immediate shock and acute grief, I didn't really wanna feel any of those bad feelings long-term. So instead I decided, you know, I'm just gonna rush this grieving process and I'm gonna kind of move on and get on with my life and, and move forward. And while that grief never really goes away, the isolation that came with the pandemic really stripped me of every coping mechanism that I had, every distraction that I had. And so at this point, I'm grieving multiple things, multiple people, some who've died, some who haven't. And I'm finally truly alone and I have to face all of this stuff head on. So this set off a chain of reaction, um, of crippling anxiety. Uh, I found out I had OCD, which is news to me. Um, severe panic attacks that were happening almost every day and um, chronic PTSD, didn't know I had that either, uh, and a level of despair that was only found in the deepest depression that I've ever experienced before. So by the end of 2020, after getting together a great support team of doctors and a therapist and a psychiatrist and family and friends, um, we found some medications that worked. <laughs> so we, um, we walked through that. That was an excruciating process in and of itself, just that trial and error. Um, by the end of 2020 then, I was considering taking a leave of absence from work um, because I just could not function. I wasn't a person anymore. I didn't know who I was. Um, I didn't trust her. And I think that was the scariest part uh, for me. Um, I really had just hated this, this person that I'd become, so I came... I arrived at ground zero. 
Uh, and it's during this time that I changed my prayer life. I accepted help. I accepted the severity of the situation. And um, I didn't really start coming back to myself until last year. So it, it took months and months and months. Um, but this is where the church community comes in, and this is what's so great. They played such a huge role in every part of these seasons for me, in and out. Um, members set up a food train for me when Ryan died. And Bible studies and rooted groups that me and him were in together remained um, in connection with me and reach, reached out to me. Um, my life group prayed over me mul multiple times. Uh, they checked in with me regularly. They texted me verses. They encouraged me. And um, the girls in this life group, actually, we worked through a study on Ephesians 6 about the armor of God, and that really was life-changing for me in that wilderness that I was walking through during that time. I can count on this church and the big, big C church in general because it's designed for genuine, consistent, heartfelt connection. And there's an element of honesty and vulnerability that needs to happen to actually do life together. And that can be really challenging, but it's so rewarding. Uh, and through this community, the strong ones took care of me. They prayed over me. Uh, when I was weak, and now that I'm stronger, I feel God is calling me to turn that outward and to pour in other people who um, were maybe in the same position or in a similar situation to what, where I was. And I think it really is this back and forth that makes the church body so beautiful. That's great. Thank you. I know that's not an easy story to share, so thank you for, for sharing that. And then I just want to affirm if there's anybody here that's part of the church that um, was part of Rachel's journey, I just wanna thank you uh, for that or for those that even are walking with other people through stuff because it's such a beautiful picture of why we need each other. That's the role that the church plays is that we help each other get through uh, the challenges of life. The fourth observation of why I love my church so much is uh, maybe one of my favorites, but is this, I love my church because my church helps me live with kingdom purpose. It helps me live with kingdom purpose. You see, when the church gathers and when the church like brings all that, uh, our abilities and our talents and everything we've got together to work together, we can have an incredible impact uh, in the world. And our faith was not meant to be kept to ourselves. Our faith was meant to be expressed, to be lived out in love and in service. Uh, you see this played out in, in the passage in Acts, right? Is they contributed all that they had, their property, they sold extra property and possessions, they brought their talents, whatever they had to help those in need. And this is the heart of the church, is to use what we have in tangible ways to, to show the love of Jesus uh, to others. Um, Sometimes, though, I think what happens in the church is we sort of forget that. And uh, like, if, as a pastor, you get this all the time. Like, hey, pastor, I got a really great idea for a ministry that we should do, uh, or I think we should start this. And usually, like, the behind that is, like, who's responsible for that? And usually, it's the, you know, hey, I got an idea. We should start this ministry. We should do this because, and you should do it, pastor, because the pastor is paid to do all of the work of the ministry. Like, sometimes we get in that thinking. But is that what the Bible says? Let's see what God says about the role of a pastor. Uh, in Ephesians 4, 11, verse 12, Paul is talking. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, now, and listen to this, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to do all of the work of the church. Oh, wait, that's not what it says, is it? <clears throat> 
says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So whose job is to do the work of the church? It's yours. It's the members. It's the members of the church. Their role is to do the ministry of the church. The role of the pastor then is to come alongside of you, is to come underneath you, is to walk with you, is to encourage you, is to cheer you on, is to train you, is to develop you, is to clear hurdles so that you can serve using your gifts and your abilities to make a kingdom impact in the church and in this world. And so what I want you to hear, church, as we gather, as you're sitting, is like the ALC, Abundant Life, it's not Pastor Garrett's church, it's not uh, our church, and uh, it's not our elders' church. Um, ultimately, it's God's church, but it's your church. And, and God, well, you are all members, you're all part of it, and you have an important role to play in the church. So Paul gives us a really great illustration in 1 uh, Corinthians 12, um, he says that the human body has many parts, but the many parts, they make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. So the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So I wanted to illustrate what he's talking about here with my good friend, Mr. Potato Head. <clears throat> So, uh, so Mr. Potato here represents, uh, this is like the church, this is the body of Christ. And uh, there's one body, that's what it's saying, right? Uh, one church, but all of the different members, they have a different function and different purpose. And, uh, and believe it or not, Mr. Potato Head has a secret compartment in the back, which means like there's hidden parts that you don't even uh, see that are important. And so what he's saying is, well, what happens if like Mr. Potato Head you know, the eyes decide to take over and say, you know what, the eyes are the most important thing. We don't need the other parts of the body. How strange is that? And so now you've got like a body that can see, so maybe you've got vision, maybe you can kind of see the needs, you see what's going on, but, but you're missing all of the other parts because the eyes might be important, but so are the ears to hear. So is the nose to smell, so is the mouth to be able to speak, so are the hands to be able to do things, so are the legs to walk with things. But then he's saying like, well, what happens if uh, you, know, you have most of your parts? So we're kind of put, uh, it's like Humpty Dumpty, you put them back together again. Uh-oh, almost lost an arm, that was a good save. Um, so you know, he's got most of his parts, uh, we'll put the mouth, the nose, and so he's got here, but they decided, the legs decided not to show up one Sunday, right? And uh, so now uh, he's, he's suffering a little bit because he can't stand up and he can't walk. And this is a picture of really what it's like in the church. So when all of the parts um, are working together, then the body functions the way it's supposed to. But if there's a member that's missing, right? There's a part that's missing. Like you have a role to play and if you're not playing your part, it's like it's missing and the whole body suffers. So Mr. Potato Head can't stand up, he can't go anywhere, so the body is hindered. And that's a picture of what the body is supposed to look like, the church is that we all have an important role uh, to play. And, and the role of the church then is to come alongside of you and to help you discover your, your gifts and your abilities and your passions so that you can live life with kingdom purpose and live uh, to your full potential. And so as we close, I just wanted to uh, look at all of, so uh, real quick, because the clock is telling us we're over time. Um, but real quick in a sentence or two, 
Uh, why, because all of you are involved serving somewhere in the church, so uh, we'll start at this end with Dwayne uh, first. Um, what do you like best about serving at Abundant Life? Um, well, we're out of time here, so. Uh, <laughs> but um, a couple of years ago, God put on my heart to uh, start cutting all the grass around the church. And I'm like, God, you know how much grass is around the church? And, you know, but it's not, serving is never about what you do, it's the heart that you do it with. And, you know, I, I, I love doing things in the background. Nobody knows. That, doesn't, that is not, I didn't do it for accolades or a pat on the back or anything else. I did it because God asked me to, and it was a need. And uh, I've also always found that, you know, when I bless or try to bless somebody, or in this case, the church, I'm always, I'm always blessed as much or, or if not more than the person I'm blessing. So one of the things that gives me purpose, kingdom purpose, is that I love that ALC, it reaches beyond these walls and goes out into our community. And one of the things I've been doing for the last four years is being the school church liaison between uh, ALC and the Centennial School District for Adopt-A-Family. And I get to talk to all the counselors and I get to see the difference that all you make. And I get to go into their office and see their tears of joy and hear the stories about how you've blessed those families. And I'm sorry that you don't get to do that, but I do. So <laughs> that just gives us such a purpose to reach a hurting world. And those counselors literally have told me they have no other resources. ALC steps into that gap and provides for those families who would be able to not give their families anything at Christmas time. So we've already started. We've already had our first meeting. I've already written all the cards to the counselors saying we're doing it again this year. And um, it's such a joy to be able to reach beyond these walls and bless others in our community. For me, um, I'm a prayer partner. I also serve in the children's ministry tech team. And um, starting next month, I'll be on the worship team as well. So a lot of, a lot of hats to wear. Um, but the reason why I do that is because I really feel called by God. Um, he's given me these gifts and these abilities, and I feel called to just do those things for the church and for the community. But also, one of the great parts of serving is you get to meet other people, and you get to have a lot of fun together. So... And for me, um, I'm going to share two really quickly, but uh, I serve upstairs with Nancy with the children um, leading this uh, eight, second grade and third grade small groups. And it's a joy to work with kids and see their face light up when they learn, you know, a Bible verse and learn about the Lord. But secondly, um, we, you know, have been comfortable with our small group for the past year, and we have felt God calling us to leave that wonderful, amazing small group and start our own this fall. So um, that is that uncomfortable, you know, thing that you talked about is just stepping out in faith, trusting God and like kind of multiplying, you know, instead of just staying in our comfort zone, we're going to step out in faith and we're going to start our own small group. So that's exciting. And I work in uh, the cafe most Sundays. So come say hi, come get coffee. Um, and I really love meeting new people and seeing our regulars come through and uh, even the small conversations, I think that consistency, again, I think is uh, really important. Just those small conversations can mean a lot. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. 
let's give our panel a hand if we can. <clears throat> so what is the takeaway for this morning? Uh, my hope this morning, like we're in a new season, Laura kind of kicked it off, we're, in, we're moving into fall. It smells like fallout, right? I mean, it's like in the air, you can almost taste it, uh, or at least in a pumpkin spice latte you can for sure. But, um, you know, kids are going back. If they're not back already, they're going back this week. And uh, it's like a fresh start for ministry for us at the church. It maybe is a time for a fresh start for you as well. Um, my hope for, for you, church, is that you would fall in love with your church this year that you would just fall in love with your church this fall and that you would get involved, that whatever that looks like for you of taking a step, that you would just, you would take a step to get involved, that the church would not just be a building uh, that you come to, it would not just be an event that you attend or, or even a show that you watch online, but the church would become a family. And it's not perfect, but we are family. And, uh, and that you would take a step uh, to get involved, whatever that looks like, whatever God's laying on your heart, that's my hope. Because I believe that if all of us together are, are growing in our faith in Jesus, if all of us together are, are connected as family and walking through stuff together, we're helping each other get through our challenges, if all of us show up to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us to make a kingdom impact, then just like they saw in Acts chapter two, we're gonna see God do some miraculous, wonderful, amazing things in our midst. And I don't want you to miss that. So uh, I'm just gonna encourage you to take a step as we begin the fall season. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so thankful for my church. God, I love my church. I love uh, the people in our church. Uh, I love the heart of our church. Uh, God, I love that you are at the center of our church and what you're doing uh, here. And God, I just pray that as we get ready for a new season, uh, God, that you would just bring a fresh uh, word, a fresh breath, God, in, into just the hearts of, of our people. Uh, God, that we would just be ready for a new season together to, uh, to walk with you, to be in relationship with each other, uh, God, and to serve our community and our world uh, together. And God, we just ask for more of you, uh, God, that you would expand our faith, uh, God, that you would draw us to yourself, uh, and God, that you would use us to uh, just to make a difference in this community. And God, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.